Hello. This is the Fight Back Podcast, hosted by exercise scientist Georgia Very. Here, you'll find a series of honest conversations about martial arts and mental health. My guests and I explore the statement that every martial artist has heard. Martial arts saved me. How and why do combat sports save people? Listen to find out. Hey there, Conscious Combat Soul. What, you? Yes, I'm talking to you. If you listen to this podcast, then you are a human being who loves combat and wants to be conscious about the way that you're doing it. You're interested in being more trauma-informed, more inclusive, and more ethical in the way that you teach and participate in martial arts and combat sports. And that's why I would like to invite you specifically to join our new group, the Conscious Combat Club. We're on Facebook, and there's an emailing newsletter that you can sign up for, the details for both of which are in the show notes here. But now, let's get to today's episode. Welcome to the Fight Back podcast, everyone. I am here today with Bobby Llewellyn. She has been practicing Muay Thai for 10 years and has lived experience with sexual assault. Bobby, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me here. It is my absolute pleasure. I feel a little bit like in that introduction, I maybe uh, sold you a little bit short as well too. I know we're also going to talk about your work in mental health advocacy, um, in nursing, um, and also your diverse cultural background. So we'll dig into all of that. Um, But I want to turn over to you, really. This episode is all about your incredible story uh, to share with listeners. So how about we start when you were a little bit younger, at what point did you start Muay Thai? I was 13 years old when I first started Muay Thai here in LA. Um, I did it because of first rebellion, mm-hmm. because family, they're, with the culture that I live in, with Filipino culture, you live in a place where it's girls are supposed to do a certain thing and guys are supposed to do a certain thing. You have to be ladylike. And when they found out that I wanted to do martial arts, because I actually have a wrestling background back in middle school as well, um, they were not very happy about it. So I took a part time job to pay for my membership. I took the bus to get to training and leave at 11 p.m., which is not very safe in the area I was training in. But when I was 13, I just was so inclined about trying Muay Thai whenever uh, when I moved to LA the first time. So that was really, really a big change for me. And what was it like in your household, in your culture? Sort of what was your childhood like? Definitely the thing about being a girl is you truly have to be um, the, the traditional girl of like, look nice, look pretty. Make sure you're skinny enough. Make sure you're, uh, for me, I was told to be more light skin and was given like this bleach soap. And I just didn't know at the time that it was ridiculous. <laughs> so it was, it was really tough growing up with a Filipino culture that was really toxic. Um, but I fought through it. Yeah. At what point did you start to make some of your own decisions about the kind of body you wanted to live in? It took me a long time. Honestly, it's only started in the, within the last uh, two years that I've fully taken control of my life with my journey in Muay Thai too. 
Um, I had a history of sexual abuse, sexual assault, uh, you name it. It was uh, such a, I guess, diverse amount of different um, sexual abuses. And unfortunately, you know, there's numerous amounts of them, but it definitely made me stronger because um, now I'm still here and I'm fighting as usual and uh, I'm trying to make a better version of myself for other people and to inspire, hopefully. 100%. I'm sure you're already doing that. I know your Instagram is inspiring a lot of people. Um, I'll plug it now. It's Life of Muay Thai. We'll put it in the show notes and I'll probably plug it again at the end of this episode. <laughs> um, but let's talk more about being 13 and training Muay Thai uh, that long ago. And even today, right, Muay Thai is a very male-dominated sport. From what you're saying, it wasn't the, you know, the nicest area that you were practicing in and you were a girl right so how did you handle yourself in that male-dominated area uh, it was it was difficult but i had a lot of mentors to look up to that were female um i have a really good to, to me she's like a sister of mine her name is uh crew jessica and she definitely uh pushed me to follow my passion. She personal trained me on on the side for um, to help me become a better fighter. And she also gave me some insight about how it is in Thailand and how much she had to fight to make her place and make herself known to be in the ring as a female. So I think that really empowered me growing up. And with it being male dominant, it actually piqued my interest even more because I was told by my my family, which is predominantly male at the time, because um, I was being taken care of by my big brother, living with my stepbrother and my other brother. And it was just, it felt like I was the black sheep because I was the only female in the house. So that was pretty difficult, but I think I pushed through enough to to make a difference for sure. Do you think you had a rebellious, confident personality and that was what drew you to Muay Thai? Or do you think Muay Thai developed that in you? I think it developed in me because I was kind of, I wasn't out in the open rebellious. It was kind of very secret. I was a goody two shoes at school. But when I would go to Muay Thai, I was like, this is my, this is my realm. This is my safe place and no one can touch it. And no one could truly understand that, even the past few years. And it, it was only recently that some of my family kind of were just like, oh, okay, I get it. I get that why you love it so much. How much were you training at that point through school? Oh, um, I guess through 13 years old, through 17, 18, um, that time I was training a lot. I was training at least three hours a, a day. And then at, on top of that, I was with extracurriculars at school and it was just so hard to balance, but it was also a coping mechanism because I was anorexic at the time. And so that really made me like exercise so much to the point where my body just gave out. And I'm at a point now where I'm fully confident in my skin as much as I can because we all have off days, but um, yeah, I definitely have more confidence in my body and know that it changes over time and it's okay. I know I got two arms, two elbows, two knees. I got everything here. I'm, I, you know, I'm an able body. I'm, that's what I should be happy about rather than the weight size or my skin color. 
or how tall I am because I'm literally like 5'1". It doesn't matter to me anymore. Being 5'1 can be an advantage. So I'm quite tall uh, and I've always been fighting shorter chicks, right? And in the clinch, if they get to double unders, I'm getting dumped like every single time. I have to drill (laughs) into myself so hard to be like, stick your butt out, stick your butt out in the clinch so that no one could wrap me up. Because being shorter can be handy once you get in past the range. That's what's cool about Muay Thai. Um, We were talking about there being a benefit sometimes to being the shorter fighter in Muay Thai. Yeah. Yeah, so have you ever found that? Have you found that there's there is some superpower in being the short fighter in Muay Thai? It can be. Uh, I love I love clinching. It's something that I enjoy doing whenever we get the chance to do it. Um, there are advantages of being a shorter fighter because I feel like being short and stout, you have all this muscle in one area rather than it being you know this long laffy taffy. If I guess you could say. But uh, yeah, it has its benefits. You know, you see Sanchai, you see a Tiffany Time Bomb, you see that these uh, predominantly short fighters are dominating. Yes, I love that, right? I love that there's a benefit to every single body type. There's no body type that's like, that's the perfect body for Muay Thai and all other bodies don't work. All bodies, I think, have some power in Muay Thai. And even um, non-able bodies, non-able bodies, So I had someone recently on my podcast talking about how uh, she worked with women with disabilities and they were using like their crutch or, you know, their bionic leg as a specific type of weapon, especially in a self-defense situation. I don't know so much about competing, what the rules are around that, but I was just like, man, every single body has some benefit to it. You know, like there's no bodies that don't have some plus. And I love that. Yeah, I, I can agree on that. I kind of heard, uh, listened to that podcast, but I couldn't listen to the whole thing. But it reminded me of this gentleman, I don't recall his name, but recently Sanchai went and did a uh, seminar with this gentleman's gym and he had no legs and he was still doing Muay Thai. And I was just like, whoa, that's amazing. There's no way, there's nothing that can stop you from doing what you love. Like there's people that are blind that do things that are absolutely crazy. It's it's insane. Like people do things regardless of what their disability is. Cause it's not, it's something that they, they live with. 100%. Uh, when I was doing karate before I started doing Muay Thai, I used to train with a woman who was gradually losing her vision. And so her type of blindness was that she was getting tunnel vision and the, t- like the hole that she could see through was getting smaller and smaller and smaller um and then eventually it was like she was looking through a straw um so if you can imagine fighting like that she basically couldn't see kicks coming to the side but she was still sparring and I was like wow like if she's not scared I need to be brave like I could be brave and go do sparring and not be scared so much you know I know I feel like everyone thinks that everyone's judging you but really everyone is judging themselves more than anything Absolutely. I think that that is the most true thing ever. You know, something simple as, I know you put up a video recently of shadow boxing, right? I think this is a thing that all people universally feel really awkward shadow boxing. Like people are looking at me and I'm doing it weird. It's like, you're doing a weird thing. You're punching the air. Like 
Do you know? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> looks a little bit weird shadow boxing. Even even the like highest level world champions when they're shadow boxing, there's like something a little bit weird about it. And like nobody's watching you. Everybody's just in their own fight simulation, thinking that like they're fighting somebody or I don't know what other people do while they're while they're shadow boxing. That's mostly what I do. I'm like in a fight. I have no idea what anyone around me is doing right like when i posted that video i was like man this is this isn't the best content but this is how i truly feel and i want to be genuine because i was at that gym uh, for the first time at like one that has weightlifts and stuff like that and i was just like i'm not used to this gym i'm used to mats and heavy bags <laughs> so i was there for a good amount of time trying to psych myself out of it took a you know a few deep breaths and it was just like I don't care because I'm here for me, not anybody else. And even though I was still nervous, I was doing what I do. And, you know, people looked at me, but I paid for my gym membership for a reason. You don't pay for my gym membership. <laughs> if it bothers anyone, then so be it. Exactly. Amen. Um, okay, let's come back to your story, right? So up until you were like 16, 17, you were training quite regularly. Uh, what happened next? When I was 17 uh, to 18, I was just going through a lot of changes of, you know, trying to figure out whether I want to go to college or whether I want to go to the military. And it was, it was tough because during all that, I went through a couple different sexual assaults. Like I, uh, I think the one I can remember very, if I could think when I was 16, I was kidnapped and it was uh, like a night that I was arguing with my my big brother and my sister and I felt like I wasn't being heard and so I kind of walked off and this was a, not a very good area and I ended up getting picked up by someone and I was really I was really depressed and I didn't care about my life anymore so I was just like whatever and I ended up staying with this person for like a, a night and then a part of the day and then come to find out that this person had a history of like domestic violence and a detective reached out to me. So I was like, whoa, this is insane. And it put me in a dark place, but you know, it wasn't the first time. So it was, that's why it's kind of, it's, it's hard to not to talk about, but to kind of piece together, you know, the people go through it, maybe a couple sexual assaults, maybe just one. For me, it started from when I was a child when I was the first time I can remember was three up till I was 18 was the last time I ever had like non-consensual or just any kind of sexual assault I just it took a long time to finally be like put my foot down and advocate for myself and not fall into these traps of the cycle of sexual abuse because it happens when you don't know your worth you tend to go towards what you bond with with trauma it's a, the whole trauma bond of you're used to not being loved enough you're used to being hurt and that's all you know and you know that's going to be there forever so that's why you still go to it so at some point i had to muster up the strength to not give up anymore and to keep fighting i have multiple journals for sure of like during my times of uh, homelessness and, and whatnot like I, I became homeless when I was uh, just turned 18 so yeah there's a lot of story <laughs> yeah there definitely is and if you need to take a break at any point you just let me know so 
why did you become homeless was it to do with family oh, okay. so i was i guess to kind of um piece it together a little bit better so when i was in high school i was very emotionally just confused and i had no idea at the time that i was dealing with anxiety and i knew i was dealing with depression but not getting the help that i needed for sure so i had this cycle of of being abused and just getting used to it and that's all i knew you know some people go towards drugs but i just go to the same thing and it's unfortunate but uh, at some point it took over my life where i had no sense of control and i left my family's house when i was 18 two weeks before i graduated high school because it was not a place for me to feel safe it was not a safe environment it was pretty toxic and i i just kind of just took my purse that i had at the time and just walked out and didn't know where i was going to go but i just knew i had to leave yeah and were you able to stay with a friend uh it was you know jumping couch to couch i stayed with a friend for a couple months and then i stayed with a family member that didn't work out then i was living in a car it was a whole it was a whole like sandwich of different things it was great it was not that great but yeah thinking about it now i'm like wow i went through a lot i went through hell and back yeah you did and I can only imagine it would have been hard to get to the gym at that time, right? Yeah, and that, I was training like on my own, you know, like shadow box in the air in the middle of the park. Um, I mean, at that point, I just, I stopped going for about uh, a year or two and I like just physically in the gym. And it was really hard for me because I missed it so much. It, it's what drove me. It's, and one of my first posts on my Instagram was literally, I think it said homelessness. And I talked about how much I missed it and that no matter what, I would keep fighting and I'll eventually get there. And so since then I've you know, worked my way up. I've gone through a lot in order to be where I am today. And I, you know, I, it took me a while to do this, but I finally said to myself, I deserve what's coming for me. You know, I deserve the good things that have been happening. And to say that with confidence and not feel like I'm being cocky is, is truly important for oneself. Yes, it's so, so important. And our bodies know, you know, when, when we are being true to ourselves, when we are showing compassion and love towards ourselves and when we're not, it's like night and day. Right. When you went back, what was it like? Oh man, it was, it was during, um, I think I officially started going back in 20, I think 2018. I actually started working at a, a Muay Thai gym in the Bay Area. Um, that's more like San Francisco kind of, and uh, 30 minutes from San Francisco actually. And I worked there and I tried to train at the same time. And it, it actually didn't work out as much as I thought it would because it's kind of like, when you're in a work mode and when you're doing Muay Thai, they just can't come together um, at times. And I know that also, you know where you feel like you're at home with your gym. So if you go to someone else's gym and you're not feeling it, you're it's, that's it. There's no way that there's going to be um, a way to get out of it and just be like, yeah, I guess I'll stay here. 
you know, when you feel like you found a home, you stay in that home. And so I started in uh, 2018 working there. Shortly after, I actually started school in 2019. So I stopped going again um, I to become a medical assistant. And so 2020 comes around. And I was in a relationship that was very abusive. Um, it started in 2018 to actually last year in, in May when I left. Um, during that time, this person did not want me to pursue my dreams. It was always like, let me pursue my dreams and then you can pursue your dreams. And obviously that was such a toxic relationship and I'm glad I'm out of it. Um, but at some point in that relationship from 2020 or 2019 to 2021, I realized that no matter what they said, I was always thinking about Muay Thai. I was always like, I need to start, I need to do something for myself. And I went and contacted someone that was a mutual friend of mine um, from my work. And then we started training together and he was super nice. And that's when I was kind of like, I need to make a change. And so May 2021 comes around and at some point I did the same thing again. I said, I don't like this. I'm just going to go. And so I packed up my stuff, made it, well, it was like mission impossible. I packed up my stuff, made it look like I was not living. I mean, I was living there, but actually I'm not. I had a friend distract this person, my, my ex, and it was the best way to get out of an abusive relationship. And I, I fled. And then after that, a month later, I moved to LA to pursue my dream of doing something with Muay Thai. And it's led up to this point. And what do you think you want to do with Muay Thai now? What is the plan? I think with, you know, our Discord fighters, that's a really good outlet for a lot of people to go to. And we have you know, so many plans with that. And I think that mental advocacy is like my big thing and being confident in yourself and not being afraid to be who you are is something that's part of me to want to give to other people. So I think with Muay Thai, I want to teach. I, th I think I just want to teach. Maybe the, the demographic would be like kids, but I, I don't even know yet. I feel like I just hit the tip of the iceberg at the moment. So um, now I feel like this podcast uh, and the type of people, predominantly women, but people who listen to this podcast really benefit from your mental advocacy work, your mental health advocacy work. So if you wanted to use this platform to start to think about if you were running, I'm imagining you totally having like a, a circle or like a support group or something like that. Like what's some of the things that you would say to folks yeah. starting out? I, I, that's, that's a great idea. I already have a small circle of friends that um, we're really tight knit and we talk about everything whether it's good or bad because you know you hang out with your friends you want to have a good time but we are also there for each other to hear each other out uh you know when one friend struggles we're there you know eating thai food enjoying our time but also being there for them like that's important to have in your circle whether it's your friends your family your spouse it's it's truly important to have that communication between each other because that only brings you closer together and you don't know whether they have a connection with you. 
um, and they might have something they can relate to you. So I think that um, further into my career of uh, Muay Thai and the life of Muay Thai Instagram, I think that it would be a great idea to possibly hold like group Zooms of like, let's just talk about what's going on. You know what I mean? It could be anything. Uh, honestly, it's just bringing a bunch of women together um, or just everybody together to be able to be their true self. Uh, I have no idea, though, what I would go forward with. I just you know put on my, my little profile of mental health advocacy because it's something I believe um, going through therapy and psychiatry. It's something I experienced and it's something I personally think that helped me get through a lot of the past year and a half. 100%. I think the more times we hear someone say, you know, my therapist said this, or I was talking about this with my therapist, and that just being normalized as part of conversation, not a jarring thing of people being like, oh, you just told me something really deeply personal. Like, I didn't need to know that you're in therapy. It's like, did everybody right. be in therapy? <laughs> exactly. Especially after what everyone has gone through the last three years people became isolated and then lost their minds going insane, looking at the same walls and, or going through what I went through where I burnt out from working so much in the healthcare field. Um, I think that's also being in the healthcare field also helped me find more routes to mental health advocacy. And because I got so burnt out and I had panic attacks, I had anxiety attacks, it took me to a place where I was like, I need to get help. And whether anyone thinks bad about it or not, at least I'm doing something for me, not for anyone else. Yes, I think it sounds like a cliche, the whole, you know, you got to fill your cup before you can fill other people's. But it's so true. You know, you need to put it on is. your face mask before you can put on the person next to you. Right. And I think the, the way that we normalize that too is by modeling it, you know. By saying like, yeah, I took a step back. I did this amount of work that caused burnout. I stepped back or even before having a burnout, not needing to have been like, I've hit the point where I have burnout. So I'm taking a break. Just being like, no, I'm actually just going to do a little bit less before I get to the point of being overwhelmed. And I think that is becoming more normalized. Yeah, I, I have a really... I have a gift of being able to tackle too many things at once, but it's also a curse because if you put too many things on your plate, then you can't, you know, eat all of it. It's just, you're going to get full somehow. And um, even now I finished school and I'm already like trying to apply for another school while I'm already doing something uh, certifying for phlebotomy. I'm like all over the place. And it took my husband to tell me like, you know, you just took off a lot from your plate. And now you have time for more Muay Thai. And so why? Well, why are you doing this to yourself? So I'm glad that I have like a, a circle that understand me to uh, understand who I am and how I am. And I'm like, oh, wait, I got to take a step back. I can slow down. The world will not end. Yes, I think that lesson is one of the hardest lessons to learn, <laughs> that if you slow down, <laughs> your world's not going to end, right? It's all going to be fine. And the worlds of the people you love are not going to end as well, too. They'll be okay as well. Yeah, I agree with that. So, Bobby, I want to ask you then, with all your experience with Muay Thai, uh, one of the questions I love to ask my guests is, 
why do you think it is that we hear people, you know, getting on Instagram, standing up and saying things like, you know, Muay Thai saved my life. It sounds like such a big statement, but we hear it so commonly. So what is it about that? Um, it, it is pretty recent that people are talking about it more. I mean, I think that with all of the sanctions of Muay Thai have been kind of advertising it and people are slowly but surely getting more attracted to it, just like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or uh, MMA in general. Um, I think that people are just standing up in general for themselves because you know all these years um, have been difficult. And at some point, we all just stopped caring about what other people think. You know, people started having weddings that were so small, including my own. I, <laughs> I had a, a wedding last year and that's another story. I found, yeah, that's, that's a whole nother story. I don't know if I will get into it, if it will matter, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that having like Muay Thai save my life is such a, it's a, it's a statement that a lot of people can relate to. And for me, I don't know if it truly saved my life. It more like, don't even know how to put it into words i feel like that's something i gotta think hard about for sure like that's a big statement that everybody makes and it's it's you gotta truly think about why it saved you yeah i think most people when they say it mean more like it gave me the tools to change my life or it changed my life in some way that's moving away from uh mental illness and suffering and difficulty and towards you know a more positive life in some way yeah as i think about it now the you know the line of uh how muay thai saved my life um i go back to this video that um my my good friend jonathan uh who from pool muay thai he came up to me and was like why do you like muay thai and i was like oh Crap. And I was literally caught off guard and I was just like, I got confidence and I have a community. And that's literally what everyone can relate to because you have people that from all walks of life, they're there to work, they're there to be better for themselves and push their bodies to past their limits. And I feel like everyone can relate to that. Yeah, it's such a cool space, right? Where it's like you could be holding pads for someone who works in a profession or like uh, other than having Muay Thai in common or whatever combat right. sport in common, you would, there's no way you would have a conversation with that person, but you get to talk to them and you get to learn yeah. so much about different cross sections of the community. Seriously. Like that also like with diversity of like careers and such people all come from different age groups, so different generations and different, um traditions i you know i know people that are training and they're like 80 years old and i always try to pick their brain of like what do you what is your thing about life that you know got you through it <laughs> like how how do you do life yes those questions are so key especially to ask uh of our elders um and from the story that you've told me so far you've changed gyms or you know been able to feel a couple of times when you found your community and when you haven't um and that's a question that I get asked about a lot is especially from women who are looking for a club is like how do you choose a club 
you know, how do I decide if it's going to be a toxic environment or if it's going to be that kind of community that people say is potentially life-changing? Right. Um, so when I first started, I started in L.A. with um, my uh, my crew, uh, Dan Mayed. And actually, through the pandemic, their gym closed down. It's called Muay Thai School USA in North Hollywood. And because of the pandemic, it's just it was so difficult for any small business. So he decided to open up his own gym. And so when I found that out and I was still living in the Bay Area, you know, I had a good job. I had a good apartment. I had everything. I had, a, But I had a toxic relationship. I had no goal in life. I was just, you know making money and just doing nothing um i decided when he had officially opened i saw it pop up on my feed i was like maybe i should go visit and so i did early may of 2021 same month that i left my ex i came took one of those you know free trial classes walked in and i was like hi crew and i was like and he was like oh my god i haven't seen you in forever because he's been training me since i was a kid and now I'm all like a grown adult. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> so I went in and then took a class. Once I was done, I had that feeling of, I don't know if you can relate to this, but like you sweat so much to the point where it's like, when you walk out the gym, you're like freezing cold and you're just like, because uh, it's all drying up with the wind and it's just horrible. But at the same time, it just feels so rewarding because you know you worked your hardest. And I went to my car and I was like, standing there and i was like i think i could just i think i want to move here and within the next month i just straight up packed up my stuff put it in a, a u-haul and drove all the way to la and started my life with uh, muay thai again and with the person that i started with um so to me it was like my home just moved to another location <laughs> so that, that's why it wasn't too much of like jumping um gym to gym it was more like finding my way back to my old gym. Mm-mm. Thank you for clearing that up. And I love that story. That's so beautiful. I bet he would have been so excited to see you walk in um, like as an adult versus having trained you as a kid. Um, it was such a big, it was such a, uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, he was like, oh my gosh, like tell me about everything. And he actually didn't know a lot about my personal life. And so I kind of gave him a little like summary of what I've gone through, even when I was training with him. And he was like, wow, you are a fighter. And he always tells me that he's like, you are a fighter. You've got the passion, you have the talent and you should keep going with this. You're just naturally a fighter. Like whenever I'm going through something, he's like, you're a fighter. What's that? Mm. He's like, get over it. You know, you can get through this. I love that. I love that. And I love that for you too. I think, um, you know, different people respond to different things differently too. Do you know what I mean? Like not everyone will take that and be like, yeah, that's the way I want to approach life. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, for some people will be like, yeah, but I don't want to have to be a fighter, you know, and there's an element of that too that we need to hold space for, right? It's like, it's definitely not fair that you had to go through all of the abuse that you went through you know, everything that's happened in your life is definitely not fair. We don't want that to have happened to you. Um, but at the same time, it did, right? So it's like, well, what perspective are you going to have now? Right. Like, I, I guess, um, you know, with uh, 
since we talked about you know sexual abuse, um, I guess I wanted to share what the big abuse that truly made me like want to give up on life, but also mm-hmm. made me find a way to fulfill my life. Um, when I was uh, younger, I was living in Vegas. Um, that's where I was born. And my mom had a boyfriend. And from age six to 13, I was molested. And I finally came out and said something about it. And the moment I said something, I could remember like it was like two minutes ago. My mom said, why did you let him? It's your fault. Which I also quoted in my graduation speech, which was amazing. (laughs) I used that as a tool to talk about how I survived a lot of that. So those years of of being you know taken advantage of and then not being believed, like she didn't believe me, my own mother, that mm-hmm. pushed me to fight for my own life, mm-hmm. despite what she said and despite what other people said because um, they didn't believe me. They thought, oh, this thirteen year old girl is literally making it up, and it just sounds ridiculous. Yeah, it's terrible how commonly that happens. And I'm so sorry that you were not believed. Um, I can't imagine how hard that was for your poor little 13-year-old self to deal with as well, too. Yeah, it put me in a dark place. I I, I definitely have changed. In the, you know, that's the same year that I started Muay Thai, too. So it kind of correlates with each other uh, where I found a place where I can have full control of my body and full control of my life despite you know being a minor and um what's what's more sad about that situation is that she's still with him Mm. to this day and to think of it this way i i want to be a person that someone can rely on someone that can can be dependable and uh, for even just a shoulder to cry on uh to give people what my parents taught me. Like, I remember thinking about this one time, was like, what did my parents teach me? And I remember saying, they taught me what not to do. Mm -hmm. And so I've taken that throughout these last few years of like, of growing and trying to break this cycle. And, um, you know, despite that, that trauma happened, I got the help that I needed, I survived, and I didn't let that person take control of my life. Yes, and I love how you talk about taking control of your body and your life, and that being a thing that you got from Muay Thai, um, because I think especially for women, the main reason why society will accept women being in this male-dominated space is because they perceive it as self-defense. You know, they'll be like, oh, you're learning how to defend yourself. That's a good thing, da-da-da. And it's like, yeah, there's some of that, but Muay Thai is a sport, right? Like, yes, definitely you're learning some form of fighting, but first and foremost, it is a sport. And it doesn't matter how good you are at at doing Muay Thai, you know, in a lot of situations, it's not going to make a difference. Your nervous system's going to freeze. We talk a lot on this podcast about how, a survivor can't be expected to have known how to do self-defense, right? right? But what you can do is bring things into your life that show you that you are 
worthy, that you are capable of loving your body, that you do love your body and that you have control and bodily autonomy. Um, and then it can lead to things like leaving an abusive relationship, like chucking all your stuff in a U-Haul and moving to another city to pursue the thing that you love doing. Self-defense is a part of that maybe, but it's not all of that, right? There is so much more and the empowerment piece is so much more than self-defense. Yeah, totally. I, that's a lot of why I do what I do. And I didn't expect a lot of feedback from people, especially from one of my recent posts of me just putting my phone down, pressing record, and just thinking about this question of why do I love Muay Thai? Mm. And I just, it literally, I was just at the gym, chilling. I was just, you know, like, okay, where do I put this camera down? Cool. And then just talk. And so many people could relate to it. And it really warmed my heart because I was like, I was literally just being my genuine self. And I didn't think that people would even bother commenting or, you know, giving me feedback or sharing it. So it's really, Muay Thai definitely has saved a lot of people. And despite some people just joining for self-defense, it's more than that. You push your body past your limits where you feel like, you know, you can't even breathe anymore. And sometimes you're, you walk out and you're like dragging your feet because you use your body to its full extent. And I think that, you know, doing that, it really, it really shows the definition of what resilience is and how, what strength is and willpower. Yes, definitely. Um, I have one more question. I let you go mm-hmm. uh I'm wondering about there's a post you made which was around getting comments from people about you know well if you train Muay Thai all the time like what's the point um you know it doesn't even make you lose weight and I know you spoke about how you had an eating disorder when you were younger right you had anorexia and it's night and day right the difference between having anorexia and eating to fuel your body and being physically active you know and there's discrepancy that there really is between how you know society conflates being skinny is healthy and having any fat on your body can't be healthy right um so how do you feel about that how does that make you feel when people say things like that what is the things that you tell yourself and what advice do you have for other women in a similar situation I remember when I first had my hate comment and it really it really actually tore me down at that moment I remember they were like, oh, how can you do Muay Thai if you like donuts or something? And I was like, donuts? And I was just like, I don't even like donuts. But I started like literally bawling my eyes out because I was talking about why I love Muay Thai, not be nothing in regards to the way I look like or what shape I'm in. Um, if anybody was in the best shape of their life, then we wouldn't have the gyms. That's why we, we train to get better whether we're you know overweight obese or whatever um i think that it was hard for me to handle at first and what i did i I just kind of just deleted the comment and i just went about my day and then i realized i was just like i am enough this person is taking their time out of their day to make a comment on my profile like thank you for giving me the advertisement great um but I think the advice I would give for people that are struggling with those uh, those hate comments, whether it's online, whether it's from your family, friends, is just not to ignore it. But for me, 
if I ignore it, it kind of just compartmentalizes in the back of my head. And I'm like, wow, they said that about me. And I feel like this and I'm mm-hmm. looking at myself a certain way. I think it's well, just feel whatever you're feeling. Let yourself feel angry if you want. Let yourself feel upset about that comment. It doesn't matter how small it is. Let yourself feel it and then let it go. Mm-hmm. I've learned a lot about letting myself feel something and just despite it being like a negative feeling, it's something that helps you heal because, you know, people hurt you in your life, no matter what, it, whether it's with words or physically. And it's important to have those feelings. You're, you're human with these feelings. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. because We do have this idea about what an athlete should look like. Um, you know, and I have spoken a lot on this podcast about how damaging it is to comment on people's weight in any form, even if you feel like it's positive, um, you know, talking about having eating disorders. I'm sure when you had anorexia, lots of people told you you look great. When I had an eating disorder, lots of people told me I look great. And right. Right. And it's not helpful. Yeah, it's horrible. It's, It's it makes it really, really hard to bounce back from that, to be anything other than that. Um, so the first thing, of course, that I say to everyone is no matter if you think you're being encouraging to your friends, just keep your weight comments to yourself. And then if that's you, just realize that athletic comes in so many forms. Did you kick the bag? Did you punch the bag? Did you punch the pad? Great. Then you're a fighter. You're a nakmoy. Like, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. Like when I was struggling through anorexia, I people were just like wow she's in such good shape but inside I was literally dying because I was like no um I look really fat I look at old pictures and I'm like wow she did not like I wasn't to the bone but enough to be like a little bit concerned and uh you know I was starving myself I wanted to look a certain way I kept being told that uh, being 100 pounds at 5'1 was you know too much and then even now, I still get those comments from my family of like, oh, you're so fat. And I'm like, to me now, it's not that I shrug it off. It's more like, I'm like, but I'm strong. Mm-hmm. But I I can do what I can do. You see these, I share the videos despite them going, oh, I don't even know what that is. Like, I don't, I don't understand what, why you like it. I'm like, because it makes me feel like a stronger person. It, it empowers me. And it, it doesn't matter what you think, because like, what are you doing? Sulking, judging other people. You can turn that into something else. Maybe join Muay Thai, you know? Yes, I love that. Just return all of their hate with love. Come join us. It's fun. <laughs> you can we have pads and cookies. <laughs> maybe, maybe protein cookies. If that. <laughs> yeah, some of those are pretty good these days. Mm-hmm. Um, before we sign off, is there anything else you would like to share with our audience? Um, I have, I to think about it. Um, I think there's one little bit of advice that I've learned over the years is expect to fail because it gives opportunity to try again only this time you'll be wiser because that's how you learn you fail at things you're not good at Muay Thai right off the bat you look like you're flailing your arms around the first time usually and then at some point you become this this monster that's like amazing and other you teach other people that's how you do it you mold people to become better 
Um, so I guess that's, I guess that's what I would say to people is just don't be afraid to make those mistakes. I love it. And can you please plug your Instagram one more time and how else can people reach oh, you? So my Instagram is life of Muay Thai. I also have TikTok, but I don't use it. But you can also search up life of Muay Thai and email me at life of Muay Thai at gmail.com for anything. If you want to request content or, you know, have a convo, talk about life. I am here for that. Thank you so much. We'll put the links to all those in the show notes and we'll see everyone next time. Have you thought of something to be grateful for today? What was it? I'm grateful for the amazing women that train with me at the Fight Back Project. I'm grateful for Nari and the beautiful song Shape Me heard at the beginning and end of every episode. And I'm grateful for you for listening to this show and helping martial arts keep saving lives. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. If you'd like to leave me a review to help more people find the show, that's a bonus. You need to know that nobody shapes me but me. Don't gotta tell you what my name is, I don't gotta explain it Walk in the room, hear a boom erupting like I'm famous I'm here shedding shells, I'm shameless I fear nothing, no complacence Walk to many tight ropes with no hope, so I became this Poster they hold over all the heads of trauma holders You don't need to know my history, I move boulders Atlas shrug, cause I lifted the weight above his shoulders No pretense of defense, move first like chess soldiers This goes deeper than empowerment, cause I'm the one the power it. Physical meets mental challenge me to keep devouring. If I can't change the scenery, at least I change perspectives. No longer isolated, but elevated and selective. Darkest places become beautiful spaces. This is where rage meets patience. Meets power meets gracious. Meets we're so glad you came in. The feeling is contagious. When you the walking impact of intended bad intentions. When you the manifesting of collecting all their tensions. You the soul and body hold it all and still remember. But I'm a work in progress, testament to all contenders. Forgot what it was like to have control over self. Forgot what it was like to be the one in charge. Forgot in my reflection, I can see all my wealth. Forgot that with my bare hands, I break all these bars, barriers, and obstacles. They can't cage me, they can't chronicle all my, all my experiences and reduce them to appearances. When I was truly beaten, gave myself clearances to fall down, mess up, and get myself back up. I'm not looking for clovers, cause I don't believe in luck. Damn, you were badass, I heard them say it clearly. Why, thank you very much, I know now I'm not weary of what's next for me. Cause I expect to see growth like I was planted, watered, fed, and bloomed to be. The positivity and accountability. Knowing they won't step if I'm the agent of my agency. I think I found my voice again, huh? I think I found my voice again, huh? I'm not sorry, I'm not sorry, you're the end where I begin. Boundaries, I know them well. Take a breath and meditate. Who is she? I know her well. Now I get to open gates. One, two, one, two. I don't need your permission. And if you get uncomfortable,
people, then use your intuition to know that I won't stay where respect is ever missing. And everything I do, that's me making decisions. It's truly underrated the value of self-worth. Forgot that I was rich from the moment of my birth. A penny for my thoughts, no, really, you can't afford it. You cannot buy my story, rewrite it, or record it. You Buy my story, rewrite it, pull, record it, huh?